It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, we know about the Don Shula-led Miami Dolphins of the 70s. Two Super Bowls, three tries, an undefeated 1972 season. But what happened in the 80s? Here's what I learned. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr., All right, here we go. It's Tuesday night. I got two, you know, I got some notes here. It's a little bit. Y'all can't hear that? Yeah, all in the mic. <laughs> NFL historians and lovers of sports history, welcome in. This show is for you guys and gals. School, if you already know this stuff. Congratulations. All right, cookies for everybody. But there's always someone else that does not, okay? The show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So I'm here to do three things enlighten teach and learn it is the behind the mic podcast i am your host michael neal jr the show is presented by belly of sports the belly of sports podcast network bellyupsports.com go to the website click on it read the articles and stories as well as listen to the shows especially this one and you can check us out on our home base of spreaker apple podcast spotify google podcast amazon music stitcher iHeartRadio, and youtube any way that you like to take in your content when it comes to podcast sports podcast all right so nfl trade deadline has come and gone today was the day um bradley chubb he goes to miami uh calvin ridley traded to the jacksonville jaguars chase claypool goes from pittsburgh to chicago naheem hines ends up in buffalo from indianapolis and also what roquan smith he was traded from the bears to baltimore that gummit being a Steelers fan, they just keep building that defense back up, don't they? They need him. They really do. And I guess with Christian McCaffrey, of course, in town in San Francisco, Jeff Wilson Jr. was no longer needed, and he ends up in Miami. TJ Hawkinson, the great tight end or the good tight end for the Detroit Lions, he ends up with the rival Vikings. How about that? I think that may put the Minnesota Vikings over the top offensively. It's going to help. It really is. Uh, we've already seen Kadarius Toney, Uh, Get miraculously healed now that he's with the Kansas City Chiefs. Robert Quinn, James Robinson, Robbie Anderson after getting the face of his receivers coach, Deion Jones, yada, 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 yakety, smackety, blah, blah. So uh, very interesting news. And some of these teams, they needed the draft picks. And when I think about Bradley Chubb, I'm like, well, you had to give up something because you gave up all that stuff for Russell Wilson. And we'll get to him and the Broncos in a second. Last week's show on the Chargers was really fun. The research research and everything, just doing it. And I know everybody blames the defense for them not winning any championships. Zero titles. Zero. Um, But, uh, you know, that offense, they turned the football over 19 times in those four playoff losses. I mean, what do you expect? So, I mean, you got to. You got to fix that. The defense definitely could have been better. Yes. And uh, this is just something off of last week's. I did not know 
that it was a big deal when San Diego traded away Fred Dean to the San Francisco 49ers during that 1981 season. I believe it was, what, four games in? Um, the defense went in the toilet. Yes, flush it. And they were 26 in the league. Uh, it's not a coincidence that Bill Walsh was the head coach, you know, nor the fact that he brought Fred Dean there because he was an assistant coach for the Chargers at one point. So, you know, and eventually Gary Johnson, who had played also alongside Dean on that defense, he ended up coming over by 1984. The same year, the 49ers finished 15-1 and and they won Super Bowl 19 convincingly over the Miami Dolphins, who really are the subject of today's show. But before all of that, let's get to uh, what we love to do. Um, so Halloween is in the books, and we're roughly, what, three weeks away from Thanksgiving. That means I cannot wait to sit down and eat my turkey and dressing and gravy and mashed potatoes or, or, or uh, you know, macaroni and cheese and turnip greens or collard greens, rolls and Sweet potato. I'm sorry. Let me stop. Uh, I'm already hungry, and I'm going to be fixing dinner as soon as I finish this show. But I'll tell you what was scary, because Halloween is in the books, but I have to tell you what was scary in the Week 8 Rundown. Of course, Thursday Night Football is scary, number one, when I'm trying to watch the game, and I'm, I'm just waiting on something to go wrong. This week, if, you, if you've been listening, it actually went well. So... You know, Amazon Prime, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ravens at the Buccaneers. You know, people go to Florida to retire. At least that's the concept outside of vacationing. You have guys like Tom Brady, Julio Jones, Kyle Rudolph, and the like. I mean, it's, it's this is when you're about ready to hang up the cleats, or supposedly. But what's scary? What was scary? The obvious, how Brady is ending his career. The next day, after that game, Friday, Giselle and Tom made it official that they are divorcing after thir- or divorced after 13 years of marriage. And if you don't think that that's distracting that dude, you are crazy. Lamar Jackson and company, they get it done. I mean, and the Bucks offense continues to ride that struggle bus. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, moving on. Sunday, London Games football for breakfast. Yes, uh, God save the king. Broncos, Jaguars, the Jaguars are the official European team of the NFL, but I mean, and they had a nice lead, right? What's scary? One, watching Russell Wilson play quarterback. He actually played well and, um, you know, had had some halfway decent numbers. He threw a touchdown pass, looked good there, especially towards the fourth quarter and um, got them in, in position. I don't know if you watched the game, but that deep ball he threw to uh, KJ Hamler, uh, that was Russell Wilson. I mean, that's Russ Wilson. But get the ball out of his hands and let, let him do what he does. I mean, he needs to get that apron out and cook a little bit more. But it's not been happening. Somebody hid it from him. But I'll tell you what else is scary. The fact that Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville has now lost. They had lost, excuse me, eight straight one-score games heading into week eight. Make it nine, and they're 0-6 this year. Raiders at the Saints after breakfast. What's scary? The fact that the Vegas... Raiders scored zero points. Zero. So there was no Darren Waller. Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards. Yeah, I know the fantasy guys hated that. Derek Carr played so badly he got pulled in the fourth quarter. And all the time they crossed midfield, uh, they only they, they crossed midfield with two minutes left to go in the game. So they couldn't even get it past the 50. But Alvin Kamara could. They scored three times. He scored three times. And the Saints coach, Dennis Allen, beat the team. They gave him his first head coaching job. 24 to Zippo. All right, Patriots at the Jets. What's scary the Jets without Brees Hall? I mean, it's one game. um, And it helps when you have someone, uh, have some run balance. And I'm guessing that James Robinson, who recently got traded there, wasn't ready yet. Five carries, 17 yards. Nah, not happening. Michael Carter he led the Jets in rushing with 26 yards. But that balance would have helped Zach Wilson. Yeah, 355 yards. Yeah, that's him trying to catch up. Three interceptions, though. So that was uh, just the New York Jets trying to catch catch up and, and um, <laughs> try to play with Bill Belichick, who passed George Hallis, Papa Bear, on the all-time wins list. 
and now has 325 to move into the second slot. That makes 13 wins in a row for the Patriots over the Jets in New York. I just have to go soup Nazi on you guys on this one. No W for you. Steelers at Eagles. Speaking of not getting Ws, the Steelers are not getting many of those. What's scary? The fact that Pittsburgh may suffer its first losing season under head coach Mike Tomlin. Been a minute. I mean, we flirted with it, uh, what, a year ago or so? Eight and eight. So, you know, that, that, it's, it's probably coming. And it probably is needed. Um, it wasn't as much the Eagles running game this time as it was the pass because the Eagles, they've been running the football down everybody's throat. Jalen Hurst tossed four touchdowns. A.J. Brown, 156 yards. He had three of those. Speaking of which, I think my Steelers are the recipients of the most embarrassing post-touchdown catch celebrations. I don't remember who the cornerback is. Don't want to. But Gronk caught that football. I think it was Sunday night football. It wasn't Monday night. I believe it was Sunday night. And he pointed at him while he's in the ground and laughed. It like belly laughed, like threw his head back, pointed at the guy and laughed. I've never seen anything like it. And then, you know, A.J. Brown catches one of his three. And he points at both of these guys. One two what he say after the game it wasn't enough two wasn't enough yeah apparently not panthers at falcons kids when you score a touchdown keep your helmet on don't be dj Moore. okay great catch great great catch and i know he was fired up he went miami hurricanes of the 1980s 90s right um look i have to actually apologize too because i said a couple of shows ago that outside of christian mccaffrey pre-trade that the panthers are just a bunch of guys dj Moore is one of those guys okay he, he's one of those those good players on that team i wish he played for pittsburgh sometimes um brian burns he's really good too so what's scary eddie pinero kicking of course that was just as much more's fault on that extra point young hoku didn't have a problem put the falcons in first place at four and four in the nfc south with that game winning 41 yarder nice try carolina by the way players know when the camera is on them after they've screwed up watching that football, you know, if you're watching at any time at, on your off week or what, you know, if you watched enough football on TV, they're going to the coach, the player, the, whoever messed up when someone else does good. So when the other team scores because you screwed up, and so it merely went to DJ Moore. He's sitting on the sideline, just straight face. He knows. He knows. Great catch, though. Bears at the Cowboys. What was scary? Tony Pollard and the Dallas defense. I mean, he put 49 points on the board. Uh, Pollard, he plays in place of Zeke. They're still not running the football a whole lot. He only had 14 carries, had 131 yards and three touchdowns. But the fact that Dak was back, uh, they put a lot of points on the board. Both sides of the ball were operating in Zeke. Even though it was kind of the Bears, I know people were expecting more. Even one of my um, belly up, uh, you know, I'll just call them co-workers, he had put on Twitter a question, do the Bears have a chance uh, of beating the Cowboys? I said, yeah. I mean, it's always a 50-50 shot, but we're going based off of the way the offense looked last week on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. And nobody does that to a Bill Belichick team, coach team. And they did it. They, they did it, but not this week. Not this week. Dolphins at Lions. What's scary? The Lions had a 21-7 lead. And poof. It disappeared. What else is scary? Tua, 382 yards passing. Tyreek Hill, 12 catches a buck 88. Jalen Waddle, 8 catches a buck 06 and 2 scores. Also scary, Detroit Lions ownership. And if I'm Dan Campbell or anybody else on that staff, I'm scared. The Lions are now what? 1 to 6? Yeah. 1 to 6? 1 to 6? Yeah. So that's not good. Okay, so Vikings hosting the Cardinals. What's scary about that game? Well, one, the Vikings, they won their fifth straight. They are now 6-1. Congratulations. And they just got another weapon in TJ Hawkinson, right? Uh, Dalvin Cook, he has a buck 11 rushing. And Justin Jefferson is still his great self. On the other side, what's scary to me is watching that Cardinals offense. And I will also say the exact same thing with the, <laughs> with the Arizona Cardinals ownership. If I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I'm definitely taking my shades down a little bit and just peeking over them like risky business. Tom Cruise, I'm look. I don't even know if I want to be in the office. I mean, Kyler's doing what he can 
Um, but you can't have your quarterback a team. He's kind of struggling. They always play from behind. Hopkins had a great game. He caught 12 balls, and it's like he's uncoverable, but they're not looking good right now. Three and five, That's they're going backwards. They're going backwards. That's what's scary. The Vikings, they're doing their thing, and they'll probably go ahead and win the NFC North. But the Cardinals, some heads are probably going to roll by the end of the season. Afternoon slate, Titans at the Texans. Titans fans, when do the Titans win ball games? When Derrick Henry touches the football 20-plus times. What's scary? When Henry plays the Houston Texans. All right. The Titans ran for 314 yards on Sunday. Malik Willis got his first start. They only had him throw 10 passes. They're kind of spoon-feeding him. But, I mean, when you have Derrick Henry hand him the football, 219 yards and two touchdowns later, he's becoming the Titans' all-time rushing touchdowns leader. So, I mean, that's great. That's great. And the Texans, yeah, y'all you'll be picking probably second, if not first. You're in the top three. So, you know, hopefully you make the pick a good one. Commanders at Colts, what's scary? Terry. Scary Terry. Terry McLaurin, the Indianapolis native, Mossed one of the best corners in the league there towards the end of the game. Stephon Gilmore, you know, with some seconds to go in the fourth quarter, picks up the big first down. I think it was inside the five-yard line, and he's all in. He lets everybody on their defense know, this is my city. This is my city. This is my city. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, man. I mean, you showed out. One play later, Brett Favre Jr., I mean, Taylor Heineke, excuse me, scored on a Quarterback sneak, 22 seconds left. Washington holds on to win the game by one, what, 17 to 16. I don't know what's going to happen with Frank Wright. I think he's a good coach. He needs a quarterback. He doesn't have a quarterback. And, and um, you know, Ellinger, he gets his first career start. He wasn't terrible, but they need a quarterback badly. Rams hosting the 49ers. What's scary? SoFi Stadium. That's supposed to be the Rams' house. There was so much so much excuse me red in the building and you know what else is scary christian mccaffrey first player since lt in 2005 rush for a touchdown pass for a touchdown catch a touchdown ah the fact that he is on that team as long as mccaffrey is healthy with all of those other weapons wait till debo comes back what are they going to do and the rams it's, that's their kryptonite the, the the 49ers are their kryptonite now yeah they're defending super bowl champions uh, and hopefully my man gets back. He, he got rolled up on there towards the end of the game. Cooper Cup, hopefully he returns. But, man, that offense for the Rams, they are struggling. You know, maybe, you know, Stafford needs to call more pizza, pizza. You know, call that at the line of scrimmage. And hopefully they can move the football a little bit better. Man, they needed a run. They needed McCaffrey more than the 49ers did. Giants and Seahawks, what's scary about that? The fact that I've now become a Geno Smith fan. I can't tell you how proud I am of this guy. Um, I, and again, I always revert to my Steelers. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm mad about Kenny Pickett, but to have a veteran quarterback that's finally matured, that'd be nice if he did play for Pittsburgh. But it takes a coaching staff, right? There's so many players that's been in, in professional sports and just keeping it at football. Sometimes they, they didn't last or weren't good, not so much because of them, but because the coaching staff. Or, or the team that they were playing on, they just did not know what they were doing. And you can see the maturity in Geno Smith. He's with the right team, he's with the right coaching staff, and he's playing very well. You know, the Giants, the same thing. You can see Daniel Jones, he's matured. Now, that win streak was only gonna go so far. Yeah, they, they still need players, That that's no secret. You don't go down to Jacksonville to a sub 500 team and be an underdog when you've only lost one game people are not stupid they have eyes so you need something outside of an improved uh daniel jones and uh, a healthy saquon barkley now mark wink martindale has improved that defense for the giants that's great but at the same time uh they still need some pieces they need some things offensively it wasn't a terrible game for the giants but you know both of these teams are maintaining we can see what happens here in the future and we're still what at the halfway point let's see what happens Sunday night football what was scary about that game the game itself I mean the Bills score, scored what all of um excuse me three points in the second half uh but I mean the Packers offense that's probably even more scary I mean, you have 
no receivers to really count on. And I understand, yeah, Aaron Rodgers probably needs to be quiet and just play ball. And he's just voicing what everybody else is thinking, you know, especially if he's if you're in the building. So who didn't? I thought it was going to be worse than it was. <laughs> it was going to be worse than what was the final score? Uh, 27 to 13. Uh, 27 to 17, excuse me. But yeah, you got to get some health, healthy guys back. And then finally, Monday Night Football, Bengals at the Browns. What was scary? Miles Garrett dressed up as Vecna from Stranger Things. I, I've probably seen two and a half episodes of Stranger Things. I don't know much about it at all. My kids had to tell me about it. But that's a scary looking dude. you know. And, and he's scary without a mask too. Uh, personally, I think he should have kept the mask on during the game. But what else is scary? Cincinnati's offense without Jamar Chase. I mean, what's up, Cincinnati? <laughs> I almost feel like, though, that this day and time in football, one wide receiver, especially a game breaker like him, uh, I mean, just like Tariq Hill with the Chiefs. I keep saying it. One week, they needed him. The next week, ah, they didn't need him. Another week, you know what I mean? This up and down. Well, clearly... Something's going on, with, you know, offensively, but I think we know what the real deal is. Yeah, they have T. Higgins, they have Tyler Broyd, they have Joe Mixon. What's the problem? Um, the offensive line, five more sacks given up. So it just shows just how much of a difference that Jamar Chase is. But the truth is, the offensive line, they gave up five more sacks. Now, on the other side, as far as the Browns, they were losing some close games and they were making some self inflicted mistakes. I mean, Somebody doesn't jump off sides. Maybe they tied the Baltimore Ravens, next, you know, last week. But you know, they didn't make as many mistakes. Even though, I, even starting off watching that game, I did not think that that many points were going to be scored. I don't think anybody did. It ended up what thirty-two to thirteen, and uh, it was what nothing, nothing for the longest. And then the avalanche came. Miles Garrett. He had a sack and a half. Nick Chubb ran for 100 and two touchdowns. Jacoby Brissett looks to be like a very valuable backup once Deshaun Watson returns. Oh, and then Amari Cooper, Cooper, he redeems himself big time after throwing that terrible interception. So, I mean, he had a big game. Joe Burrow is now 0-4 in his career against the Cleveland Browns. Coming up next, maintaining a dynasty is not easy. All right, especially after you come from the pressure of one era going into a second era with a different team. The third one could be just as challenging, but you make the Hall of Fame for a reason. Even if you do come up short, it's still a good career, isn't it? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Okay, so we're back on our kick of these going from the dynasties and the good teams and the teams that may have come up short, even just honoring the teams that have been good throughout the history of the NFL. And it wasn't so much about how they came about as much as how they ended up or what happened. That was the question. What happened? And we were doing the same thing last week. We were talking about one of the teams that, was dubbed Air Coryell for a reason. The San Diego Chargers from the late 70s to the early 80s had a four-year run that showed the league how to really do it offensively when you want to put the ball in the air. And Don Coryell took over this team and they set records, but the 80s Dolphins would take it to another level. Well, before all of that, 
course, their head coach, Don Shula, had a nice road to go down, even going in through the 70s. But it all really started before the Dolphins were even a franchise. Going all the way back to 1957. Of course, that's the magical year for the Detroit Lions fans because that's the last time that they won an NFL championship. And they were headed by a guy by the name of George Wilson. Wilson, they put a beat down 59-14 on the Cleveland Browns uh, in that championship to cement uh, a really good decade for the 50s Lions, which was one of the teams that we highlighted here in these past couple of series when we've talked about these great teams, right? Well, Wilson in 1960 needed a defensive coordinator. He hired a young man by the name of Don Shula to be that coordinator. And heading on into, I think it was around 1962, 62-63, there were some changes for both men. In 62, I believe that was the last year of George Wilson, who ended up, I think he resigned, maybe you could say fired, and some of his other coaches were fired around him, and he pretty much followed. Well, 1966, that was the first year of the Miami Dolphins, and he was hired, Wilson was, as the first head coach. 63, a couple years before, was when Don Shula took over in Baltimore for Weave Eubank. You should all know the story. With Don Shula, he was the one-time defensive backs coach. He coached the Colts to a couple of championship appearances, never won one. And, of course, the most notable was in 1968, the Super Bowl III loss to the New York Jets. Joe Robbie hired him away from the Colts in, uh, prior to the 1970 season, and he took over for George Wilson. Uh, and Wilson, who had claimed, look, I'm like a player to away from being, you know, a, a championship level team, but he was going backwards. I think his last year they won three games, and it was just not good. So, I mean, he had to be fired. He never had a winning season in those four seasons that he was there. Well, four or five seasons that he was there with the Miami Dolphins. So, well, no, it was four seasons. 66, 67, 68, and 69. That was his last year. 70, they hired Don Shula. Of course, Joe Ravi says, hey, look, you know, I can do you better uh, and, and give you a nice contract and give you what you want. And he did. You know, he gave him some control over the roster and everything. And the owner of Baltimore, Carol Rosenblum, basically was like, hey, that's not fair. Even though he did Weeb Eubank the exact same way, pretty much, going behind Weeb's back and hiring Don Shula years earlier. Well, you know, they got draft picks out of that. But Don Shula goes on to a mini dynasty with the Miami Dolphins. And they go to, what, three Super Bowls in the 70s. They won two titles. And in 72, they were the only and still are the only undefeated champion in NFL history. Uh, if you go back and listen to Go Fish, Get Money, you know, we go into that, those 70s Dolphins. And that mini dynasty came to an end in 1974 in the CF Hands game when Ken Stabley throws the football to the guy with the worst hands, ru uh, running back Clarence Davis caught a football and, and goes into the end zone, falling in the end zone, tackled by Manny Fernandez, touchdown, and they win, and they eventually go on uh, to play the Steelers. But... You know, you have all of that stuff that went down. But prior to that season in 74, they had another problem, which was basically they had three of their stars, some of their stars that signed future contracts to play in the World Football League. Paul Warfield and his backs, Larry Zonka and Jim Kick were out of there. And 74, they finished 11-3. They lost that divisional to the Oakland Raiders 28-26. And then 75, they were 10 and 4. And then Schuler suffers his first losing season in his coaching career at 6 and 8 in 76. 77, they're 10 and 4. 78, they're 11 and 5. They get to the wild card. 79, 10 and 6. They lose the divisional. Well, 1980, a uh, little bit different thing uh, going there for them. They were 8 and 8, 500. Uh, and Bob Greasy, his future Hall of Fame quarterback, ends up. You know, pretty much, let's just say this, he was the starter and then he wasn't the starter. He came and filled in for the guy who ended up being the starter, the rookie, David Woodley out of LSU. And Woodley was kind of up and down as a quarterback, never really was that great. But, you know, Greasy had injury issues. Okay, he'd been around for a while anyway. He had an injured toe. I, I took notes on him. I'm like, he, he 
Greasy was a six-time Pro Bowl. Why is he in the Hall of Fame? You know, they had the passing game going on towards the end of the 70s, going into the 80s, because there was no more, you know, Bob Greasy handing the football off to Zonka kick, kick and Mercury Morris. He injures a toe in 1975, and he's out. In 78, he has knee issues. 1980, he gets a severe shoulder injury, and he ends up having to pretty much retire at the end of the season because it was a career ending injury for him so you know and then you fast forward to 1981 1981 they're 11-4-1 they have the killer bees defense that replaced the no-name defense of the 1970s uh and then of course in that playoff scenario they lose the epic what is come to be known uh to the san diego chargers at home they were down big in that game thing was it 24 to nothing they come back oakland raiders fans y'all could have done something anyway i'm sorry i had to throw that in there so they come back uh but they lose in overtime uh 42 to 38 and you know it was that was just a great game and woodstrock which was david woodley and don strock they were the two quarterbacks at the time that were kind of the you know, back and forth, we're playing two different quarterbacks because David Willie wasn't getting it done during the epic in the first half. They make the switch, Shula does, puts Don Strock in there, and, you know, the guy, he turns the juice on for that offense. Well, 1982, the strike short season, they go 7-2. Woodley actually is the quarterback and leads them to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 17, they end up losing that one to the Washington football team, all due respect. And, you know, things seemed to start out well and they were uh, in the lead. But the second half, it was just not good. And they ended up losing that game 27 to 17. So they did have some guys that were building blocks going from 1980 going forward. Back in 1980, they had a second round pick by the name of Dwight Stevenson, who became the new center for the Dolphins out of Alabama. Also in 1982, uh, Mark Duper was drafted. Uh, then they also had a guy by the name or guard out of USC by the name of Roy Foster. And, you know, you had some guys who would be the future for this team going forward. In that 82 season, of course, it was a different playoff setup. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Chargers, got revenge, and then they beat the Jets. And that was a very ugly game. Um, but they did it. They, they made it all the way to the Super Bowl they got there and this was one of those teams that maybe just maybe they shouldn't have been there because the Oakland Raiders who had lost only one game that year two years removed from their uh last Super Bowl championship they got upset themselves so you meet them in the Super Bowl the Washington football team and you don't get it done they had the league's second leading rusher and Andre Franklin wasn't exactly you know the greatest running back in the world but you had something going but you was coming up short keep this in mind in the second half of that super bowl against washington david woodley didn't complete a pass and the only one he actually completed as nfl films narrator john facenda so eloquently put it was to forgive the uh was washington safety mark murphy number 29 okay they needed to get better at quarterback that april a hall of famer fell into their lap Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here's to the great American settlers, the millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. I 
I mean, just thinking about it, David Woolley did the best that he could, I guess. Um, Don Shula's teams, you know, they were built early on on defense and running the football. And then, I mean, he did have guys like uh, some, some Hall of Famers in Baltimore, like Johnny Unitas, to throw the football, right? John Mackey catching it. That, I mean, he had some offensive weapons in Baltimore to do. He had guys on both sides of the ball. But, uh, you know, during the 70s with the Dolphins, I'm not saying that Greasy couldn't throw the football. He could, but it just wasn't required yet. Um, Bob Greasy had to start throwing it after Zonka and Kick were gone. And when the injuries became a little bit too much, he ended up losing his job to Woodley. He was the quarterback again in Super Bowl 17. And even though that offense was as much running was it as him passing, again, Andre Franklin was the league's leading, second leading rusher. They obviously needed a quarterback. He threw uh, passes in that second. I, I went back and watched that Super Bowl and they were just bad. They couldn't move the football at all. So 1983 rolls around. And then you know that 83 draft at all. This was the one that had eight Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers in the first round. But the biggest story out of that, of course, was the two great quarterbacks and really was all about John Elway, who was selected number one, did not want to play for the Baltimore Colts or or Bob Ursay, which he didn't. Of course, days after the draft, he ends up getting traded to Denver. But you had all of these quarterbacks that were selected in front of Dan Marino. Dan Marino, out of Pittsburgh, was one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in college football, you know, this side of John Elway. But he had multiple guys selected in front of him. John Elway, Todd Blackledge, Jim Kelly, Tony Eason, Ken O'Brien. Why? Two reasons. One, supposedly there was a rumor that he was doing some recreational drugs, you know, during his senior season. Or two, the simple fact his junior year, he goes from 37 touchdowns and his senior year, he throws only 17. I mean, you put two or two together, you're probably scratching your head saying, okay, something's got to be up. But I mean, it was what it was. Um, and not only did they draft Marino with the 27th overall pick, you know, they found their quarterback and they also drafted guys like punter Reggie Roby. They just, uh, eighth round, they found Mark Clayton from out of Louisville turned out to be a, I would say between Clayton and Mark Duper. These two were borderline hall of famers, especially Clayton. He was my favorite personally, but FYI, you had, Anthony Carter, who was also taken by Miami. Miami uh, but Carter ended up signing to play with the USFL. He ended up back in Miami, and then he was traded to Minnesota. The rest is history. But most of that nucleus would be in place for the 80s going forward. Okay, Reno became the starter in week six. He took over for David Woodley. He actually made the Pro Bowl, right? The Dolphins finished 12-4, and but... Problem is they were upset in the first round by the Seattle Seahawks, 27 to 20. They had no business losing to that nine and 17, but they did. 1984, though, that was the year Marino morphed into a monster. This season proved to be their best in the 1980s, bar none. A Super Bowl run would follow. They were 14 and two. They had guys on both sides of the ball. They had Marino and Tony Nathan in the backfield. Mark Duper and Mark Clayton, Clayton, who was the punt returner at first, joined Duper as being the starters along the wings, along with tight end Dan Johnson. The Killer Bees, for the most part, was still in place. The brothers, Glenn and Lyle Blackwood, Bob Baumhauer, Doug Betters, Kim Bolkamper, along with Bob Brzezinski, and A.J. Dewey, who was pretty good, um, you know, uh, lining up all over the field. Linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle. That's what he did. Both Duper and Clayton had over 1,300 yards receiving that season. And Clayton had 18 touchdown catches to lead the league. Marino, he broke six passing records. He shatters Dan Fouts' yardage record with 5,084 passing yards and 48 touchdowns. Um, and Fouts had set the record, you know, because he was the second one to throw ever for 4,000 yards. He broke Joe Namath's record. And he throws, what, he breaks his own record twice and throws for, what, 4,800 yards, I think, the year before. They only lasted for a year. Um, but there were NFL records that Marino set that took Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, what, 20-plus years to break? In the playoffs, they threw Seattle revenge, beating 31-10. to Then they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship game, 
45 to 28. Keep in mind that Pittsburgh could have had Dan Marino in a draft. Instead, they want to go back and try to redo the mean Joe Green thing from 1969. Chuck Noll wanted to select this defensive tackle who could run. Gabriel Rivera was no joke coming out of Texas Tech. Problem was, if you've heard this before, stop me. But uh, what, three weeks in? Three, three, yeah, three weeks in, he gets drunk. He's leaving the bar, no seatbelt, gets thrown out of the back of his uh, 380Z or 280Z, and he's paralyzed for the rest of his life. Uh, God rest his soul now. He's passed away a couple years ago. So, um, But, yeah, that's who they selected instead of selecting Dan Marino. And just so happened that same year <laughs> was Terry Bradshaw's last. He tore a ligament in his elbow. Because he was hurt, came back, he throws his, I think his first pass, he throws a touchdown pass, snaps a ligament in his elbow, he's done. It, that's wraps. That's a career for Terry Bradshaw. Just imagine if Marino had been there waiting to, to, to put this chin strap on, but he ended up in the right place. So, AFC Championship record 421 yards was a reminder to Pittsburgh that you should have drafted. So, still a record to this day, by the way. The party stopped, though, in the second half of Super Bowl 19. They met Joe Montana in the 15-1 San Francisco 49ers. The Dolphins, in that game, which it was a glorified home game that was played in Palo Alto, California, um, and uh, I mean, and it was at Stanford Stadium of all places. The Dolphins actually had a 10-7 lead. It was a uh, somewhat of a competitive first half, and then the Avalanche came. 49ers outscored Miami 31-6 for a 38-16 W. Uh, you know, there you go <laughs> for a Super Bowl uh, 16 win. And, um, you know, I mean, excuse me, a Super Bowl 19 win. Montana won his second Super Bowl MVP as well as his second ring. Shula and the Dolphins had their second Super Bowl loss of the 80s already. I mean, but that's still admirable, okay? I mean, some people would say they weren't supposed to be in uh, the Super Bowl against in Pasadena against Washington. and uh, But they were. They were. They earned their way in there, and they got in there, and they actually had a lead there as well against Washington, and they couldn't hold it. They just couldn't hold it. Um, the 1984 MVP, Dan Marino, he threw for 318 yards. He was sacked four times. He threw two picks. Not good. Did I mention the fact that they could not run the football? That would be a problem that would follow Marino and Shula for the rest of their careers. So you ask yourself, what happened to the Dolphins of the 80s? 1984, literally, the second year of Dan Marino. I'm not saying that they stunk uh, because they were always respectable. And they did get back to the playoffs. Be with you in a second on that. But 1984 was the pinnacle of the Miami Dolphins under Don Shula with Dan Marino. That was the final Super Bowl that either of them would ever see. 1985, Miami finished the regular season 12 and 4. They won the AFC East again. The 85 Bears that season, they were the best in the league heading into Monday Night Football Week 13. They were undefeated. Shooting the Dolphins franchise need to protect that 1972 Dolphins legacy. And they did so. December 2nd, 1985. They beat the Bears 38 to 24 in the Orange Bowl in Miami. Reno throws for 270. Three, uh, three touchdowns, and the crazy thing is the Bears' offense actually outgained Miami. It was a 343 to 335, but it didn't matter. The game was a part of a seven-game winning streak, tracing all the way back to week 10 towards the end of the regular season. And after beating the Browns, uh, it was a three-point win, 24 to 21 in the divisional round. They were upset in the AFC Championship game by the New England Patriots. Why? One, they couldn't stop the run. New England ran for 255 yards. Sound familiar? The Dolphins turned the football over five times. And Tony Eason, another one of those quarterbacks selected ahead of Marino, he only completed 10 of 12 passes. He only 71 yards, but he threw three touchdowns. It's not what you do. It's what you do with it. With it. It's not how much. It's not about the quantity. It's the quality. And the quality was we ran for 255 yards and and our quarterback threw three touchdowns. And of course, 
the Patriots went on to get destroyed by the Bears in the Super Bowl 46-10. So you'll never get me to believe, though, that that shouldn't have been a Bears-Dolphins Super Bowl that day in New Orleans. You'll never get me to believe that. It should have been. It should have been. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, they kind of got um, the thing turned around on them from 1982. But I believe it would have been one of the best games I'd ever seen. The ultimate offense against the ultimate defense. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Oh, well. But, you know, the Dolphins, they still couldn't run football. The 85 Dolphins would be the last Miami team of the 80s, though, with double-digit wins. All right? They did win 10-plus games until they went 12-4 in 1990. Here's their record. 86, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. 87, strike short in season, 8-7. <laughs> in 1987. In 88, they were 6-10. And, and that was the worst record they had since 1976. Uh, under Don Shula. And in 89, they were 8-8 eight eight again. No playoffs. Why? The offense would consistently be towards the top of the league, right? Except, you know, those last two years, in 88 and 89, they were 17th and 15th in points, respectively, even though they were 5th and 7th in yards. Just telling you the rankings and what it looked like on paper. So last week, we talked about the San Diego Chargers who really kind of mirrored the Miami Dolphins. There were differences, though. The Dolphins and the Chargers both could throw the football, clearly, right? It's not even an argument that the Chargers had the better pieces to go with Dan Fouts. I mean, the Barks brothers, respectable. Clayton and Duper, it was one of the best receiving combos of the 80s. And the Dolphins, they came up short, and the Chargers came up big, was in the backfield. Look at the Chargers. They had Chuck Munson, James Brooks, both rushing and receiving threats. John Jefferson, Wes Chandler at receiver, as well as Hall of Famer Charlie Joyner and Hall of Fame tight end Kellen Winslow. You know, where's the justice, right? Defensively, we told you what was wrong with the Chargers. During their, you know, four-year run, they were among the tops in defense the first two years, but the last ones, you know, they were at the in the toilet bowl, right? Miami, the Dolphins had defensive issues as well. The craziest thing is, you know, that is to say that those 70s teams that featured featured Nick Bonacani and Jake Scott, Dick Anderson, and the rest of that no-name defense, they had come and gone already, right? They had the Killer Bees in the early 80s. 82-83, the defense ranked like first, excuse me, second and first in yards, and they were first and seventh in the league. But by 1984, the year of their Super Bowl run, of course the offense was first in everything. Of course they were. Defense, seventh in points, 19th in yards. But it gets worse. The last half of the 80s, the defense fell into a funk, and they were, like, averaging in the 20s in defense. There were only 28 teams, okay? I saw 22s. I saw 24s and 26 in defense. That's not good. 85, just telling you what happened to the Killer Bees and some of their defensive pieces. A.J. Dewey, he was done in 85 because of knee issues. And Kim Camper retired. In 86, Bob Baumhauer, he retired as did Lyle Blackwood. Glenn Blackwood, he was gone by 88, and Brzezinski, he actually stayed until 1989. But offensively, the only offensive Hall of Famer outside of Marino was his center, Dwight Stevenson. Five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. In 93, the Marx brothers were released. Duper eventually retired after 11 years. Clayton, who played also 11 years, he played his final season with the Green Bay Packers uh, Duper finished his career with three Pro Bowls, and he was Miami's, well, still is, Miami's all-time receiving yardage leader. Clayton retired as the most with the most catches in Dolphins history, 550. Touchdowns, 78. In the history of the franchise, nobody has more. The Dolphins are in their 57th season as of this year, all right, 2022. Now, the 56 years in the books, They've actually only had, what, 14? Well, they've had 14 1,000-yard running backs. I haven't compared that with other franchises. But here, here goes. I'll go backers. And you Dolphins fans know these names. Jay Ajayi, Lamar Miller, Reggie Bush, Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown, Lamar Smith, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now I'm talking about UCLA running back, not the center. <laughs> okay? Delvin Williams in the 70s. And, of course, Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris, who did it in tandem, okay? The names are, you know, some of these guys had multiple. Marino played with zero, okay? 
zero of these guys. All right. So here's what they ranked in rushing from the year that Marino got there. I'm talking about just in the 80s. 13, 16, 18, 25th, 23rd, last, and next to last in the league in rushing. Sammy Smith, Lorenzo Hampton, Troy Strafford, uh, Ron Davenport, Woody Bennett, Tony Nathan, Joe Carter, and Andre Franklin, they were not getting it done. And the best year statistically was Lorenzo Hampton in 1986. He had 830 yards uh, and nine touchdowns rushing. Of course, Marino, as well as Don Shula, they made the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Marino retired in 1999 as the NFL's all-time leading passer. Okay, when he retired, his numbers, 95 hit past Fran Tarkenton as the NFL's all-time leader in attempts, completions, yards, and touchdowns 13 times in his 17 years. Number 13, passed for over 3,000 yards or more. Of course, he had the 5,000-yard season, too, including six times him throwing over 4,000 yards with all of those passing numbers. The Dolphins' championship hopes in the 80s were left incomplete. <laughs> that is all. That's it. Uh, references, let's go. Thanks to ProFootballHallOfFame.com, ProFootballReference.com, TheFootballDatabase.com, ESPN.com, TheSportsNotebook.com. I love this website. The 1984 Miami Dolphins, Dan Marino's Super Bowl season. And this is courtesy of Dan Flattery, NFL history articles, sports history articles. Also, the book, you know I love it. It's falling apart now. America's Game, the NFL at 100. This was co-written by Jerry Rice and Randy O. Williams and also the Sporting News Complete Super Bowl Book 1993 edition. You know the names, editors, Tom Diner, excuse me, Tom Diner, Joe Hopple, and Dave Sloan. This has been the Behind the Mic Podcast presented by Bellio Sports, the Bellio Sports Podcast Network. Again, go to this website, bellioSports.com. Read the articles, uh, listen to the shows, and you better listen to mine especially. And you can catch us all on our home base of Spreaker, but everybody's favorites, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, there's also Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and another favorite, YouTube. Tell all your friends and family about this show, or I will. It's Mike. I'm outside your door. I'll find your house. I'm out. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.